Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Peace, everybody. What's going on? It's the Poet Life Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. We have a phenomenal guest with us today. I'm your co-host, J.R.I.B., along with my good brother, Christoph Jenkins, a.k.a. Yes, Christoph Wright. We're bringing you another episode of Poet Life Podcast with a talented, multi-talented, <laughs> I so to say, a brother of Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Yes, sir. Mr. of his HBCU. HBCU. Mr. HBCU of his HBCU. Also, Participated in the Mr. HBCU contest with a phenomenal poem about education, which is highly relevant today with social distancing in this case right now. We have with us right now, we have the good brother, Anthony Hyland, reporting live from Honolulu, Hawaii. How's it going, well, brother? Appreciate it, appreciate it. It's going well. Yes, I'm, I'm excited to be here, man, and, you know, let's get to it. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Man, quick question for you, man. Um, I know that you're a bruh, and, you know, shout out to the good bruh. Um, can you, you tell know. us a little bit of your experience at Voorhees um, and, and, and you being on a poetry scene? Uh, so for me, uh, going down to Voorhees was an eye opener in itself. Uh, I'm from North Philly. Uh, so, you know, being in the country was enough in itself, a new experience. You know, all the gnats and, you know, all of the, the wild animals just roaming around yeah. freely. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, the poetry scene was really unique uh, because nobody was doing what I was doing. Uh, there were two brothers that I connected with down there. Um, one of them is actually a bruh now, and it's Ben Bakayoko. And uh, he came in after I did, and uh, we formed this group called the Intellectual Brothers. And both of them, they did poetry and they rap. So what happened is we would take over on campus and we started doing like talent shows. And, you know, we would do like series. So we did um, a series called Metaphors for Life, and it became really popular on campus. We won first place in the talent show, and we figured you know what, we can take this on the road. So we went on up the road to South Carolina State. Uh, we were entered into a, um, a talent show there. We won that. Then we went across the street from South Carolina State to Claflin University. We did a talent show over there. We won first place in that. So at this point, we go back to the table like, yo, we really got something here. Mm. So what would happen is, and most oftentimes what happens with groups, people would try to book individuals Whereas myself, I would do poetry and public speaking. They would try to get me in for a speech, but then also book me for a performance. And the way I roll is if my homies can't roll, I'm not trying to roll right. because we're a group. You right. know what I mean? I'm not with the solo missions. Now, if they're just specifically trying to pay me just for the sake of getting me, then I'm going to discuss it with the team. Hey, listen, brothers, this is what they're trying to do. But I would always, you know, package it in a sense of you get me, you get them. And then, of course, you know, they will want to, you know, hear what we had to talk about. So from there, we went to other places like Charleston Southern, the College of Charleston. Uh, we had an opportunity to go up to Clemson, but that kind of fell through due to some logistics. But the, the idea was there wasn't anybody doing what we were doing. And for me, poetry has always been my base, my love, my passion. And for that to take us across um, across different platforms in terms of uh, the collegiate experience, we figured if we can do it here, or we can take it out of state too. So then we start traveling down to Florida, Mississippi. Uh, we went to uh, Alabama for a convention. We did some stuff there. And because of social media, we were able to connect with locals there to be able to jump onto their platforms there. 
um, fast forward up until now, uh, Ben is more into business, the business side of things. Oh, I'm sorry. The other young man, his name is uh, Daryl Spratley. Uh, we're not too cool these days. Um, he kind of, you know, went his way. I went my way. Um, but, you know, of course, with me, my base being poetry, everything that I attach myself to has been uh, surrounded by that. So all my social media platforms and uh, more recently, uh, the TikTok platform. Got it. Got it. Anthony, tell me, when did you start writing poetry? Like, when did it become a, a passion of yours? Um, I started writing in middle school. Um, and I, I like to tell people that uh, poetry saved my life. Uh, because there were a lot of things that I was dealing with at home. Uh, and my teacher, shout out to uh, two of my favorite teachers, uh, James Caldwell and Joshua Trott. And what's uh, important about those two is James Caldwell is black and Joshua Trott is white. Um, however, Joshua Trott, he was one of those white teachers that worked in the hood, in the public school, but he understood the plight of the young black males. Mm. So, you know, he would say things to me like, you know, I see all this anger and frustration you have pent up. You know, I think you can turn that pain into a passion. Well, why don't you start writing? And I'm like, poetry, that's for suckers. Nobody write no poetry, you know, because I'm, I'm thinking the when I walk down the street, right? I see the car, the I stereotypical, the car. you know what I mean? Like the Love Jones type of poets, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he was just like, nah. And he introduced me to uh, this organization called Philadelphia Youth Poetry Movement. And, uh, you know, I just started working through that platform and where I was introduced to slam poetry. And I'm like, I can get on stage. I can yell, I can utilize my intelligence and my vocabulary, and I can cuss from time to time. <laughs> oh, we in there. Oh, we in there. So um, from there, um, it, it was a, a, um, a passion in middle school, but it became a way of life in high school. Mm. So whereas, you know, when, when my homies were going to the club, I was going to the poetry workshops. You know, when I wasn't in church, you know, we were, you know, booking meetups to go down to the park and just freestyle in the park. Um, my brothers, uh, we would also go down on uh, South Street. If you know anything about Philadelphia, South Street is very iconic. And we would literally post up on the corner. You know how guys post up with their, you know, um, their instruments and play music and stuff like that. Nah, we just spitting. We got our bucket out and we just spitting. And people would, you know, gather around, listen to us spit, drop us some bread. And, you know, from there, I started to realize that, you know, God really blessed me with a gift. And I have a responsibility to use that gift to not only help others, but to liberate others in the process. Let me ask you this, man, because um, as I'm listening to you, I'm just thinking about consistency comes to mind, and then also how you coupled your passion with that consistency. Now, for poets starting off right now, we, we um, hit the ground level, and a lot of people don't know which direction to go. Um, what advice can you give a poet as far as being consistent with their passion and how, just from your story alone, it, it shows that it pays off for you? What kind of jewels can you give to a young poet who may be in the same position, who wants to write, has a passion, but right now they're trying to find a direction to be consistent? The first thing I would say is find your voice. Uh, a lot of times what happens is I know for me, uh, hopping into the slam scene, what made me stand out is that I didn't sound like everybody else. And sometimes what will happen is we'll get so caught up trying to do what's popular that we forget to be authentic to our true self. So what I do is, you know, very seldom will I write about an experience that I didn't have, but I had connection to. So as close I as close as I am to the topic, that's what I write about. That way I can infuse that raw emotion and that, you know, heartfelt emotion into it. And sometimes we sacrifice what's right for what's popular. And 
I feel like sometimes we try to think of, you know, what will go viral best or, you know, what will sound best if I weave it together in a poem, what will invoke the most emotion and really and truly it's being your authentic self. And some of those experiences, I try to give uh, what I call a roller coaster of emotion. So when you think about a story, right, I'm a writer, you know, you have your beginning, you have your climax and you have your ending. A lot of times what happens is when you fabricate that story, that climax is never going to hit the same because you don't have the same connection to it. So the first thing I would say is be authentic to you and find your voice. And in doing so, there's a lot of practice that's going to take place. There's a lot of competitions that are going to take place. And really and truly, sometimes it's literally the, the as simple as you standing in front of a mirror and just reciting your poetry and understanding that for some platforms, you don't even need to physically be a face. You can do voiceovers. You know, um, so in finding your voice, that's one of the main things. My second piece is stop listening to everybody. Very seldom uh, when I'm writing, do I actually listen to other poets? Now, if I just want to, as a listener, you got to you got to separate being a listener and being a performer. When I'm in performance mode, I listen to myself and myself only because I don't want my message to become muddied by other people's style. Now, when I just want to be a listener right and gain some insight or some ways to um, to diversify you know my style or my content then i'll listen solely as a listener and with that you have to be active in that because when you become so um consumed by other people's content you start to sound like them right that's so good. so um so so what's so so i'm getting what i'm, I'm getting that also is it's important to make it a lifestyle in addition to those things that you, you want to have your voice and also knowing that it's going to be the work you have to put into absolutely it. So you have to keep those in mind um i guess q has found more because your story is interesting man because you actually took it and lived with it and now you're here and we're talking about going viral on TikTok, and that's something that a lot of times as poets i know poets in particular we try to go so hard so we can get enough people to listen to what's going on mm -hmm. And sometimes you get caught in the, those pitfalls, like you just say, listen to everybody else, you're worrying about what's gonna, what's gonna appease the crowd, like all these different things. When you're on the stage, you might not approach it the same way. So right. what helps you to distinguish between, if, if there's any difference at all for you, between social media and the actual stage? Oh, man, that's a, uh... so let's see the difference. Um, well, well, let me say this too. Uh, another an, uh, one last piece of advice for mm -hmm. beginning yeah. poets: set your price. Okay. Uh, yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of times, yeah, yeah. a lot of times, we get caught up with this idea that you know people are paying us for our time, when really and truly they're paying us for our passion and for the amount of years that it took for us to bring our material together. For someone to pay me two hundred and fifty dollars for a three-minute poem, you're not paying me for the time of the poem. You're paying me for the years that I've beat at my craft and performed and competed on the, some of the highest levels in order to get to that point. So set your price. Um, yeah. Distinguishing between social media and the stage, I would say that they're never going to be the same. Because for me, um, something that I do is I draw my energy from the crowd. So I memorize, I would say, I used to say 95%, but I'm going to keep it 100. It's really 90% of my poems I memorize. Um, 10% I keep in my phone and 10% I'll freestyle. So there's times where uh, I'll get so passionate about a piece that I may have practiced it 
I don't know, 100 times before the competition, but the energy in the room is so, so dynamic that I just forget a whole stanza. But I've been doing this for so long that I've learned how to freestyle in the moment to be able to weave relevant content together that it almost looks effortless. And then my wife, who knows almost all of my poems, she'll be like, nice save, nice save, you know what I mean? Um, but the other 10%, you know, um, I keep, I'm sorry, other 5%, I said 90, 10, and 10. Okay, <laughs> I'm driven right now. I was going to let you Sometimes, you know, my mental, you know, because I, I like to give over 100%. There you, you know go. That's so, right. You so just that's, did it. You just did it. You just saved <laughs> it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you know with that, and, uh, I did that on purpose um, because I, I, I want, I want mm -hmm. those that are listening to be like, wait, Huh? Wait, what'd he say? Right. Because that's that's how that's how you change people's mental. You gotta give a perspective that's outside of the realm of what you're used to hearing. And when you hear the same thing over and over again, you you do what's called oversaturating the market. So separating social media and the stage with social media, to me, it's all about passion and translating that passion into a digestible piece so that people get the point of what you're saying. You have to say a whole lot in a lot less time because now you got to think about metrics the average person within the first five to seven seconds of a video they're, they're gone if you don't grab their attention within those first five to seven seconds they're they're gone they're gonna right. they're gonna go ahead and swipe and they're gonna go on to the next piece of material which is why i love the TikTok platform so much because you got to understand your metrics so for me on that platform anywhere between 15 and 45 seconds that's my sweet spot to go viral and right. i know it I, it's, it's tried and true. Whereas right. on stage, if we're physically in a venue, you have no choice but to sit there and listen to me. And Got now it. you can tune me out if you want to, right. you know what I mean, in a three minute poem. Whereas on stage, where are you going to go? Unless you're going to get up and physically leave, you have to listen to the entire piece. So I try to gauge, especially when it comes to competitions, the energy in the room. Let's say, for example, Dradi, let's say you do a poem on, you know, overcoming a mental health uh, issue that you were dealing with. Right. And then, you know, uh, Chris, you come right behind that with um, overcoming some of the same things, but a different aspect of mental health. Right. But right. then I get up and I'm ready. To, now, my poem is about my daughter. Here's the deal with the stage on stage. It's a lot harder to shift the energy in the room if you're not gonna be committed to it. Because now you have to think about your listeners. They're conditioned at this point to feel a specific type of way emotionally. So you've taken them to this height, to this height, to this height, and now I'm gonna bring them back down with a soft love poem. It's almost right. like if you're gonna disrupt the energy in the room, you have to be purposeful about it, right. and you gotta be dope. That's another thing, sometimes as poets, we don't like to hear that, hey, listen, bro, hey, listen, sis, you got to go back to the drawing board because yeah. that just ain't it. And it's it's hard to do that as a poet or to come to that realization because we like to all believe that we're the dopest, you know, that, you know, we, we, we all have bars or that we can all move a crowd and really and truly that's not true. You right. know, I know so, some poets. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm no, you're good. Um, now, but I know some poets who they, um, they're not so it's like two groups of poets I know some who are pro slam and some who are against slam. Um, a, a group who are anti slam, quote unquote. Um, it's kind of like it's two different sides of that too. Some people are saying I don't like slam because I feel like I'm being critiqued and judged for my for my art, my poetry, and it's my art. 
and some are saying I don't like it because I don't want to feel like I got to compete with people. Um, now, with that being said, you're saying that as poets, it's, it's, you need somebody to say, yo, you know what, man, change that bar a little bit, fix that right there. Oh, you do this, add this kind of energy, bring this kind of, evoke this kind of emotion. Um, so I don't, I don't understand so much slam because I'm, I haven't been a slam poet, but I do, I do understand that that is a good place to get the critique. That's Absolutely. The like all the slam poets that I know who are successful at slam, like, it's almost as if, <laughs> like, it's, it's almost like it's flawless in a way. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like, cause like they've been judged right. so much, they know how to, how to do their thing. I'm glad I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. Um I feel like with slam, especially with that that specific argument, I understand it. Um, however, I don't always agree with it, and I'm gonna tell you why. Sometimes that that argument in itself tells me where that poet wants to go with their platform. If you're the type of poem you're the type of poet that just wants to get on stage, say your poetry, right. have your poetry felt, and that be that. Then I'll tell them don't slam, and that's because cool. be, and right, and that's cool. You don't have to slam at all. But what happens is when you step outside outside of the realm of I just want to be a person to get on stage, say my poetry, and have it felt. To I want to get paid for this. Thank you. You need to know that you're putting out the best possible product that separates yourself from miles apart from individuals. Now here's the deal with this too. I've won slams and I've lost slams. And I feel like as a competitor, you want to know what are the types of things that you can do differently. Do I feel like everybody that I've lost a slam against is better than me? No, they just got the best of me in that moment. And the beautiful thing about slam is that it's so unpredictable. I've seen poems that in some venues, they probably would get booed. But in other venues in other cities or other states, it's a, it's a top level 30. You get what yeah. I'm saying? So it's it's all about going to different places. The the fact that I've been to Philly, I've been in New York, I've been to Jersey, I've been to Delaware, I've been to uh, Maryland, I've been to Virginia, I've been to Florida, I've been to Alabama, I've been to Texas, and now I'm in Hawaii. Slam looks different in every single one of those states. Right. Mm -hmm. Because the atmosphere and the intellect of that crowd is going to be different, mm -hmm. right. which is, I kind of relate it to battle rap. When they go to different states, right? right they use yeah. certain bars that are relevant to that crowd. Yeah. Why? Because they're gonna hit better. They're gonna right. hit harder. But here's here's my take on slam. When you have your truth and you speak your truth, I can confidently say you can't get on stage and do what I do because you're not me. You don't. You can't charge the prices that I charge because you don't bring to the platform what I bring to the platform. Mm -hmm. So what separates those that or they bring up the argument, oh, I don't want to. And, I, you know, I'm going to be honest. When I first started slamming, I kind of felt that way, too. Like, well, how are you going to say my poem isn't as, be yeah. as good as theirs? Does that invalidate my experience? No, that doesn't invalidate my experience. But for this platform in itself, the idea of slam, once you respect the origins of slam, then it's more so like a, you know what? It's not personal. This yeah, is a competition. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's almost essentially the same as a talent show. When I did my talent shows in college, how in the world do you judge my poem about overcoming uh, attempt uh, a suicidal attempt to someone's dance routine or praise dance to a gospel song? Mm -hmm. It's all about emotion. It's all about mm -hmm. stage presence. 
all right. of those different types of things that make you a better performer, which to me separates those that get paid for it and yeah. those that just do it for the sake of doing it. And it's nothing yeah. wrong with either one, but you have to think about and make up in your mind, how far do I want to go with this? Chris, we talked about this the other day. Right. I want to live off of this. Thank you. This is something that I want to do that I can travel to different places in the world and do. So what do I need to do in order to understand that? I got to compete against people outside of the places where people love me all the time. So with that being said, what made you believe that you can live off this? Knowing that so many people, so many poets believe that there are there's no money in poetry. What made you believe that there is enough for you? Commitment. I mean, really and truly, yeah. that's all it was, was commitment, getting on different platforms. And then here's another deal to that, too. Diversifying your background. So Good. not only am I a poet, but I'm also a professional public speaker as well. So I'm a, I'm a double threat when it comes right, right. to booking me, because a lot of times what happens is you have individuals who they're so one track minded that all they have is their poetry. And don't get me wrong. If you're a dope poet, you're a dope poet. But in this day and age. You need more than that. So, for example, you know, my T-shirt brand, greatness is not an option. Greatness is an expectation. I live by that. You get what I'm saying? I wrote a book, you know, the purpose of power, you know, uh, mm. available on Amazon. Quick plug. Appreciate mm. that. There you um, go. But you, you, you have to diversify yourself because here's the deal. Everybody's not going to have a budget to pay a poet. Right. Mm. right. And sometimes you do things for the sake of the look. Sometimes you do things for the sake of building your platform. I'm not above doing stuff for free, Creating but because I've been because I've been performing for 15 plus years, I understand that some places are not going to be able to pay you. Now, some places you also got to understand it's not that they can't pay you is that they don't want to pay you. Right. So then what do you do? You ask yourself, is this something I want to subject myself to? So on the front end, you might not be able to pay me, but I got T-shirts and I got books that, hey, listen, Y'all, I know y'all can't pay me, but is it cool if I bring a couple of my T-shirts and right. a, a, a box yeah. of my books? Right. I've I've had places say, oh, yeah, absolutely, bring it. And what they would have paid me in, in terms of money. So uh, I'll give you guys some of my baseline prices. So for my poems, um, uh, anywhere between two to three poems is just 250 right off top. That's my baseline, 250 right off top. Now, if they want me to do a whole set, then I'll, I'll lead with what's your budget, what's your budget, rather for speakers because here's the deal sometimes what will happen is we undervalue ourselves as go. performers because we don't know what we want to charge when really and truly for example uh my baseline 250 right mm -hmm. however for my professional public speaking my baseline for a 30 minute talk baseline is 500. Right. Any, any, anything over an hour is 1500 not including mm -hmm. travel or lodging mm -hmm. that's that's right there those are baseline prices right for an individual to reach out to me, to email me or to inbox me and say, hey, we want you on our platform, that tells me two things. One, somebody has either recommended me to you or two, you've saw my content somewhere and you feel that my contribution to your program is going to boost it in some way, shape, form or fashion. So I'll ask right off top, what's your budget for speakers? Oh, well, we only have, you know, 250. OK, cool. All right. I'm good with that. For real? Yeah. Now, let me show you the power in being committed and believing in yourself. 
I've had, and I, I, I want to be sure when I quote this, in my 15 plus years of performing, in my six plus years of speaking, I've only ever had two places, two places. Now, I've, I've spoke at over 20 plus colleges and universities. I've, I've performed in all of those different states I, I named previously. I've only had two places ever pay me what I asked for. Yeah. Because I got on stage, I did my thing, you know, I was diverse, you know, I, I presented in a way that was unique. They paid me more. Nice. Mm. There, there were places, especially brotherhoods and networks, and that's something that I want to get into too, networks that were just like, yo, there's no way we can just pay you that. So they'll pay me my baseline, and then they'll say, you know what, guys, I want you all to invest in this young man's future, or I want you to invest in this young man's brand, or I've had individuals come up to me and say, you know what, I don't care what your book is about. Let me get 10 mm -hmm. copies for the sake of me investing in you. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can't even fit your shirt, but I want to buy your shirt to give to someone else to, you know, be able to pass on that blessing and that message because I believe yeah. in you. And it starts yeah. with that consistency and understanding where do you want to go with this? This is good. Well, I, what I what I wanted to do because um, I want I want to jump I want to jump real quick because okay. we're definitely going to bring Anthony on, bring him back for so much more uh, because we have so much so much to talk about. I wanted to get to where our direction is as it relates to what drew you to TikTok. And how has that created more opportunities for you? Oh, man. Yeah. Um, so my wife actually put me on to TikTok maybe about two years ago. And, you know, in the beginning, I'm just like, ah, that's just one of those platforms where the right. teenagers be doing the little dance challenges. Yeah. And, and, you know, I ain't really, you know what I'm saying? I'm a grown man. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm, I'm saying? A grown, I'm a grown man. I'm <laughs> you a... know what I'm saying? So, you know, I can, stro I can stroll, you know right. what I'm saying? But yeah. I can't dance too well. So yeah. I, I, I stay in my dancing lane. You know Got what it. I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, then about uh, roughly probably about 18 months ago, she put me on to this gentleman by the name of Conscious Lee. Okay. And he was posting on his TikTok a lot of like conscious stuff, a lot of stuff to confront like, you know, racism, bigotry, all those types of things. And, you know, I've always been about social justice um, and, you know, confronting the injustices that happen in the world. And I infuse a lot of that into my poetry as well. So I'm like, yo, if he can do this and build a following. So then I looked at his page and I started, you know, consuming some of his content. And then I scrolled to the top of his page and I said, this man got 300,000 followers. I said 300,000 followers. So what he doing is posting about conscious stuff, you know, in a in a way that, you know, is digestible and unique to him. I was like, yo, I don't even need to do no original content because I have plenty of poems that I can post, you know, that I've done in professional settings that I've done on stage that I've done in the confines of my car that I've done in my house. I can just start off with that and just wherever that goes, it just goes. So 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 basically what it sounds like to me is you saw that TikTok was the dancey, dancey, trendy platform, but then said, Oh, let me let me let me jump in there and do something different and stand out. Yes, sir. And here's the deal. I don't see any other poets. Right. On there, right. so you were the first person I heard of that 
a poet on TikTok. So like, now we have yeah. a platform to whereas if you type in TikTok poet, you on, come up. There you go. You monopolize yeah. that market and you disrupt. Disrupt. You disrupt the energy of that atmosphere. So now not only are you doing something unique, yeah. nobody else is doing what you're doing. There you so go. I said, you know what? Yeah, All right, question, man. Go ahead. Catch the question because I know, I know your your most recent poem. I want to ask you how that went too, because I know that you say you jumped from 77 to like 86. Um that last poem you did, and it was a quote from MLK. Mm -hmm. And I just found out that they had banned certain words from TikTok for this whole time with you know George Floyd, you can't say George Floyd, you can't say Black Lives Matter. And you know, um, I don't know if you're aware of that when you when you did that, but how do you navigate those kind of things when they start doing stuff like that? You know what I mean? Especially now when it's social, like like how really? how, how 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 you know really and truly um and it, this kind of goes into um how i built my platform it was uh, i navigated by building a community so what i mean by that is um, when i do my um social media consulting chris you kind of asked you know how do i utilize you know TikTok to you know um open up other opportunities i started uh, social media consulting uh, maybe about a year ago um, because i was going viral on so many different platforms and mm -hmm. i always tell people that value is not in origination value is in duplication. So if I can go viral multiple times on Facebook, if I can go viral multiple times on Instagram, the TikTok platform is almost going to be a walk in the park. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, boom. So I jump on this platform. I posted uh, two poems in the beginning. I posted some stuff about my family, but one poem just took off. And when I say took off, okay. I gained 40,000 followers in a month. Now, what was that poem about? So that poem um, was uh, pretty yeah, I, much... I uh, pretty much dis, uh, disrupting the mindset um, of uh, unconditional love as a parent. So I talked okay. um, about the LGBTQ community. I have a younger brother who is a part of that community. And, you know, I myself am a proud ally um, of the LGBTQ community. And, you know, there's some things that come along with that. But, you know, I'm OK with that because, again, when you live your truth, you know, you accept everything that comes along with that. So in that, what I came to find is that that poem went so viral because it's such a relatable piece yeah. of, you know, the stories that you'll see of individuals who are a part of the LGBTQ community who don't receive that unconditional love from their parents, you know, have been kicked out of their homes. And this, this isn't just something that you look at the demographics of TikTok, right? Uh, 13 to 19 year olds, uh, well, the, the main demographic is 13, I'm sorry, 12 to 25. Uh, years old. However, I have individuals that follow me that are 50 plus, that are 60 plus, that are 70 plus. And, you know, sometimes they'll give me uh, information and or reach out to me uh, in terms of uh, different statistics of, you know, who's on the platform and, you know, how best to navigate the platform. And what I saw was it's all about sound bites. So multiple poems that I posted on there. Now, mind you, that poem right now is sitting at 700,000 views and that's mm -hmm. uh the best video that I have on there thus far. I have four videos that are of poems that are over 150,000 views and literally it's the in the invoking of raw emotion. Mm -hmm. But you also got to yeah. think about networks too right. when you're confronting these types of things. So for example, I have a poem that I wrote about uh mental slavery. Um it's a two minute and 15 second poem. I posted three different videos of that exact same poem in three different settings. One video, um, I believe is sitting at like 6,800 views. 
One video was sitting at like 8,900 and another video was sitting at 30,000. Because that sound bite is what people related to. And you also got to think about timing too. Right. You know, with the content that you post and the, 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 right, the way in which you go about navigating that. So what I mean by by community, right, by how I navigate those things, there are individuals who will put me on game because of the community that I've built of, hey, listen, they're shadow banning people because of this type of verbiage or okay, re right, okay. reading through the community guidelines. A lot of people don't do that. You got to read through those community guidelines. So when people say, oh, my video was taken down, it's because you didn't read through those, through those community guidelines and you got to figure out, OK, what are the types of things that they're limiting you from saying? And then how do you navigate around that to be able to still get your message out, still be authentic and still um, garner um, the response that you would like to get from it? Um, and I think overall, and I'll, I'll end on this with, with that question is don't worry about views. Don't worry about yeah, followers. Sure. Don't worry about likes. Worry about putting authentic content out, and I promise you, people will relate to your content. So, in a way, it's like it's almost as if. So, the question I asked before about uh, the difference between it, come come back to it now, um, it's like two sides of the same coins. Like it's it's the same thing, but it's just, it's just how you approach it. So, like the the what remains the same is the raw emotion, the authenticity. The past, Absolutely, not not swaying away from that at all. But the platform is different. You gotta know how to approach it with the platform. Politics. In what way? Yeah, politics for sure. And what ways does TikTok like going viral on TikTok? The many times that you have, have you seen a check? Like, has it been paying you? They throwing a bag your way? Like, how 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 does that turn into profit? So uh, the way I see it, and uh, I've kind of analyzed a lot of different people's platforms, and it seems as though now what's uh, interesting about TikTok is that when you reach a certain level, now right now I'm sitting at. And I want to make sure I get my numbers right. Yeah, uh, I'm sitting at uh, 86.7 thousand followers, 1.2 million likes, 2 million cumulative views um, across all my videos. And I have four videos over 150,000 views. Now, what I've come to see is that most people don't start getting uh, sponsorships, so to speak, from TikTok until they eclipse that 100,000 follower mark. Because they want to know that you have massive influence. Then once you hit that 500,000 mark and then that 1 million mark, that's when, you know, big companies start to actually look at, okay, what is this, the content that this person is posting? What are the types of things that this individual is doing? So what I teach people is that it doesn't matter how many followers that you have, you can always monetize your brand. Right. So what I do is I've done, um, I, I've done it on different tiers. So the first tier that I did was, was I built a community, right? And most people were just like, how is that a tier to make money? People don't connect themselves to a person. Right. I'm gonna say that again. People don't connect themselves to a person. They connect themselves to a personality. Hmm. So in that, what people see in you is something that they can relate to. There's two different things that you're gonna do on this TikTok platform. And I've hmm. narrowed it down to two different things as to why people have had massive success. Either you're going to educate, or you're going to entertain. Right, and if okay. you find a way to do both, oh, you've hit a gold mine. Yeah. So with that, what I've come to find is that people will book me to teach them how to have the success. Like the last time we talked, I was at 76,000 followers. Now I'm at 86,000. So in a matter of literally, and I looked at my metrics, I think it was May 3rd. No, I'm sorry, May 13th. I had okay. uh, 76,000 uh, followers. Right. Now I have 86,000 people want to know how you made that jump. 
right. how you eclipsed uh, you know a million likes you don't just get a million likes for the sake right, of right, getting right. a million likes you have to post relatable content now here's the deal once you reach a certain level within your content posting you won't even need to put out original content anymore because people will send you stuff there are things right. that there's one video that i have that's sitting at over three hundred thousand views um that literally there was this trend going on where apparently you know individuals just felt like it was just such a popular thing to just disrespect black women for the sake of their preference for other uh types of women and you know i just wanted to confront that mindset of you can love who you want to love but don't you dare do it at the expense of my black women so i wrote a poem to confront that using the dynamic that they used so the individual uh he used basketball so he went to a court and he said, you know, if I make this shot, I got to marry a black girl. And then he went close to the court. So whereas I thought he was going to make a layup like, oh, it's an easy, idea. you know, it's easy. And then he punted the ball. Just yeah. full on punted it. And it's just like when, when I look at stuff like that, I don't think about that video. I think about all of the residual that's going to come along with that. And all of the young black girls like my daughter that are going to see stuff like this. And think to themselves and say things in the comments like, why do black men hate us so much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, wh wh why don't, you know, black men love us? Or, you know, wh why do you have to keep putting us against white women? So in that, you know, what I pretty much said is that, you know, you have to remember you came from a black woman. You know, love who you want to love, but don't you dare do it at the expense of black women. Now yeah. you got to think about metrics. My following is 86.5% women. There you go. There you go. Okay. Right. There you go. <laughs> you get what okay. I'm saying? Right. Yeah, I'm with you. So now so that residual, yeah. that residual, I think it's like uh, 16, 16.5 that are that are men. They're looking to me, regardless of whether I like it or not, as a guide on how a black man should be. Right. Now, should I have to take on that responsibility? No. But when you build that following, you unknowingly take on that responsibility because and one thing that I wrote down is that you have a responsibility with your voice. You have a responsibility with your platform to speak truth to power. Now, what you decide to do with that is completely up to you. Another thing that I did to monetize my brand is that I started merch. Right. My followers were asking me, you know, how do you how do you get your T-shirts? Or I, I really like your yeah. T-shirts. I started a slogan uh, called Make It Make Sense. You know, because there were different things on the platform that just did not make sense to me. And to me, it was just a I, I said it in one or two videos. And then a couple of people were like, yo, you're the CEO of Make It Make Sense. So I threw it up in my bio right. and I made like a whole series of Make It Make Sense. So I would post yeah. videos of, you know, my social, you know, consciousness or, you know, bringing awareness of certain social uh, uh, justice issues. And then people who will post like racist content or stuff like that and why their stuff wouldn't get taken down, but mine would make it make sense. So then my yeah. followers would be like, yo, I want that on a T-shirt. I want that on a T-shirt. Now that's a revenue stream. Right. Mm -hmm. That's another revenue stream. But yeah. then I also have my own T-shirt brand right in my books. So I threw my book up in my bio. Right. In, in my first two months being on a TikTok platform, I gained in two months minimum. I gained 80,000 followers. Yeah. Pulling my numbers, I've sold over 600 books. That's that's just on right. books alone. Yeah. Shout out, right? Respect. right? Yeah. So then yeah. they're telling me, yo, we need this merch. We need this merch. We need this merch. So I'm like, yo, I'm leaving money on the table. And a lot of times as performers, we got to understand that we're not just poets. We're brands. Right. So what is the brand that you would like to be known for? Exactly. So I go by poetic prophecy. However, 
greatness is is how I live my life. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, uh, I'm gonna start the uh, and I, I pretty much did it off of my uh, off of my username. I speak 1906. So Highland Speaks um, was my you know my merch uh, my merch site. So I put the make it make sense up there. I put the um, the greatness uh, the greatness tees up there, um, and then I built my community and I called them my army of intellectuals. So, you know, I tell them all the time that, you know, I don't want some kind of occult following to where as you believe every single thing that I say and, right. you know, you just latch on to every single word and I can do no wrong. I want you guys to have a mind for yourself. And in that around this time, you know, uh, people were building those types of followings. And you have to understand that when you're building a, a following, you have to build a community not a following. So I don't call my followers my followers. I call them my supporters that just so happen to yeah. follow me on a social media platform. Let, let me ask you this. Um, what's what's the name of that? Not what's the name of it. What's that feature that you utilize on TikTok to incorporate uh, the original video, like the the the, the punted basketball? Uh-huh. How, how does that feature work? How does that stand out from the other platforms from Twitter and Facebook and and Instagram? OK, OK. Um, and that right there in it in itself um, is, is uh, another good thing about the platform. So the way the TikTok platform works is as you gain your following. Right. Specific features become available to you. OK. So, for example, you can't go live on your page until you hit a thousand followers. OK. So if wow. anything under a thousand, you can't even go live. What Got you're it. talking about is there's three different things that you can do. There's this thing called a duet. To whereas your video is here, my video is here. However, all I hear is your video. And then you just see my reactions. And if I want to put like some text up, I can put some text up and or say certain things and then put the text of what I'm saying. That's what's called a duet. That's one of the most popular. However, when you build your following, you can do what's called a stitch or a reaction. Now, the stitch is how I got what you're talking about. You put their video. It's almost like you put like uh five i think it's like between five to seven seconds of their video in the beginning and then you do yours because the video can be up to 60 seconds but then you find your sweet spot Mm -hmm. in terms of your metrics now reaction what reaction is is my video is here and then there's a box up here in my background of your video so what i do is i'll figure out you know where in which i want that and then i'll do things like look up at it you know, while the video is playing. Now, for me, in my home, I'm not looking up at anything. Right. But on the actual video, it translates to me telling my followers to send their eyes where I'm sending my eyes to. So it's almost essentially like you're you're training your timeline. That's what I call it. Training your timeline on how to consume your content. Now, if I'm speaking in that video, then I'll do it in between them saying what they need to say. And you find ways to you know, utilize that to get your point across. But for my specific videos, sometimes what I'll do is I'll um, I'll save their video and then I'll cut it in iMovie and then I'll put my poem either next to it or I'll put my poem right after it. So there's different things that you you don't always have to record on the TikTok platform. You can upload things from your camera roll that add to it. So, for example, the video that I just did um, that um that you mentioned about the uh, the Dr. King quote uh, with that, that was a, um, a montage of videos that I put together. So what I did was I, I went on uh, Martin Luther King uh, Jr. the third. I went on his Twitter page and he put up a video um, of that 
uh, of that speech from his father. And I screen recorded it, turned my phone to the side so that you couldn't see that little ring up top. Right. Screen recorded it up to where I wanted it. Then I um, I stopped it and then I um, weaved it together on the TikTok platform by putting my first video and then I put the Dr. King video and then I put two more pieces after it. Boom. Now I have content. Now, at the same okay. token, at the same token, when you do that to somebody's video, whether it's a duo or, or it was a duet or, duet, yep. or, or the other two. Um, uh, stitch and reaction. Got you. That also grows the original person's brand as well correct or or page mm, it's a uh. it's a it's a catch 2020 with that because unless you directly uh direct them to that individual's page so for example let's say for example you put a poem up um uh and it's just you by yourself you're doing right. a poem and i want to do a reaction to your poem for me the way i structure my pages i always give credit where credit is due especially if I'm confronting a person on something that they've posted. So for example, if it's a poem that you've done that I want to highlight. So there was this young lady um, who goes by uh, Mecca, Mecca metamorphosis. Oh yeah. And and she was nasty. I'm talking me. Like I got to get the the nasty face. Like, yeah. Yeah. So what I did was (laughs) with that poem, I reacted to it, but then I also made sure to tag her in it. Now, you don't have to tag that individual in the original poem, which or in your original video, which is another thing that was, you know, uh, essentially uh, an issue on the platform because people weren't given credit where credit was due to the original author of whom that content was. So my thing is, if I'm going to put you on my page, I want people to go and consume your content. So it's very possible for you to post a poem. It do. Let's say it does 50,000 views. My reaction could do 500,000 views. And then none of those views ever come to your original content. So what I'll do in the, what I'll do in the- I thought automatically, like in the bottom right-hand corner, uh, that little spinning CD or something like that, it says where the original video came from, right? Which- Yes, so what that does is they have to click on that and go to that original video to boost that. Which Got is it. why I make sure for me, when I'm putting someone's uh, content up there, I'll say, be sure to go to her page or his page and show them love like you show me. Yeah. Because I've seen that. And then also there's another um, option to whereas you can go, let's say, for example, you comment on something that I've posted. I can do a video based on uh, a video reaction based off of your comment. And my original video, let's say my original video does 8,000. Actually, I'll give you a personal example. I've seen this one young lady. She did a video and her video did 8,900 views. However, somebody posted a comment on her video. Her reaction video right now is sitting at over 300,000. So now it kind of, to me, it kind of muddies and and drowns out the original message of the original content that you put out because now your reaction got more views than the original content that you put out. So I I try my best not to do that too often. But people, but people have also reacted and do, or I was going to use duet as duet. A, yeah, as Pat and say duetted, <laughs> uh, but has used the duet feature for your video. And doesn't that grow your brand as well? Ideologically. So the way the TikTok algorithm works, right? Uh, a duet is considered a share. 
So okay, the, right, way, right. the way the so for those of you that are that are seeking to utilize a TikTok platform, let me just break it down for you. And again, again, social media consulting, right? I get paid to teach people this stuff. Yeah. So the way the TikTok uh, algorithm works is likes mean close to nothing because anybody can just like it and keep on going. Your bread and butter is going to be in your comments first and then in your shares, not just on the platform, but off the platform as well. So that original poem that's, that did 700,000 views, the reason why it did so well is that it went viral on Instagram, it went viral on Twitter, and it went viral on Facebook. But not because of me, but because other people shared it to other platforms, which to me, again, is why I think the TikTok platform is so important. Now, if let's say, for example, I post a video onto uh, Facebook, and I've done this a couple times, um, the video that I post on Facebook is the raw video. If you post a raw video, it's not going to send them back to the TikTok right. platform. However, if I post the uh, copy link, then it'll send them back to the TikTok platform to boost right. those views. Right. So when you post things, mm -hmm. you want to post things that uh, tweak at the mental. You want to give a call to action, something that people can latch on to, you yeah. know, which is why people say like if you can relate, comment if you've had this experience. Or they'll say things like they'll, they'll try to hit you with the reverse psychology. Oh, don't worry about it. This is not going to get mm. as many comments as, you know, a video about such and such would get because inadvertently you're telling them, yeah, you probably should comment, but you don't want to come right out mm. and say that all the time. So what I do is I try to post conversational type of content. That way I can get that engagement on the conversation piece and I can rack up those views um, in terms of putting out quality content. Got it. Also, when you duet it, right, you're only getting those uh, when you put like down there in the uh, in the caption. Right. They have to click on that to go to the original video. Right. The same with, like you said, that um, that bubble at the bottom. Yeah. To click on that to go to the original video, which is how things become popular on the platform. That's how you go viral because they use that sound. So like there's I'm been bored at the house, bored at the house. Um, Boom. Um, there you go. That right. went so stupid viral. Right. Right. I'm not sure if people know Tiger jumped on a remix wow. and put that on a, in a song. Wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? But because people use that sound so much and recreate it in their own way. And I just did um, a, a reaction video to a young lady who did a, um, who utilized my sound. And I also another thing you can do is competitions, especially for us as poets. You want to be sure that your vocal projection is, is out there. Right. Your diction. People can actually hear what you're saying, right? And you're posting yeah. relatable content that people can latch on to yeah. because when they use your sound, when I do my competitions, I tell them, go to my poetry videos, use that sound and recreate it the best way you know possible. Then what that does is it opens you up to different, um, different marketplaces. So literally on that platform, I have a worldwide audience. And that's right. another thing I like about that platform because your reach is not limited like some other social media platforms are. That's good. That's good. So <clears throat> I know I know your next goal is a hundred thousand, you know, but ultimately where do you see yourself um, going with this TikTok thing? You know, it, it, do you plan? Do you plan to be the poet on TikTok? You know, like what, what's your goal with TikTok? Is it is it to to master TikTok and then move on to YouTube? Uh, what 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 does that look like to you? 
a lot of people have been asking me, um, do I have a YouTube? Because again, uh, Jardia, I'm glad you mentioned that earlier about, you know, weaving through the platform because sometimes I'll post things and immediately it'll get taken down or it'll get flagged because, you know, somebody, you know, felt some type of way about the content. So they'll ask me, you know, uh, do you have a, um, uh, a YouTube? Do you have a Instagram? Do you have a Facebook? Those types of things because they want to follow you on those other platforms. My ultimate goal is definitely to hop over to YouTube um, and start getting those, you know, sponsorships and those uh, endorsements and things of that nature. Um, however, I want to ensure that I'm putting out one, a quality message, two, that I'm being authentic to me, and three, that I'm not being limited by the brands that I connect myself to. So you'll see a lot of times, you know, for individuals such as myself that post the content that I post, a lot of companies don't be too keen on connecting themselves to folk like me, right. which is cool because, again, I'm going to be authentic to me and you're not going to limit my voice of what I can and cannot talk about. But then I also understand getting paid at the end of the day is the goal. So now if you say, OK, these big name companies aren't booking me, how do I get paid? Mm -hmm. That's where the diversity comes in at. That's where building that community comes in at. So right now I'm on track to um, begin to put together um, a cross continent tour to whereas I can build my following so much so that all I got to do is buy a plane ticket and I have a platform to speak on. Right. And connect with uh, what I call decision makers that, for example, I have a young lady in Oregon right now. She sits on the board um, for the speaker series at her community college. And she's like, yo, this is prime time, you know, for us to start booking speakers and, you know, to put things into motion, right. you know, to bring people onto the platform. These are the types of, of game changers and individuals that you want to connect yourself to. And here's the here's the, the bigger piece to that. When you stay committed to your brand, when you're authentic in your message, you don't have to look for those things. They'll come to you. I didn't reach out to her. She right. reached out to me. Right. She, she shot me a DM and said, hey, um, have you ever been to Oregon before? And I'm like, nah. Never been to Oregon. I don't even know nobody that lives in Oregon. It's like, okay, well, you know, I'm on the board at, you know, and, you know, she gave me the rundown. And I was just like, whoa. That's okay. True. So now what happens is now I need to see where's the interest at. So in, in the next coming months, um, and I probably want to do this once I hit my six month mark, uh, I'm actually putting together a course um, for uh, how to. Uh, how to organically grow your following right. because a lot of times what happens is you have these big creators who um right now i'm taking this uh this guy's course um who gained a million followers in six months here's the deal the average person is not going to gain a, a million followers in six months that's just the reality of it the average person is not going to do that you have to have a specific niche right you have to have right. a specific market that you cater to and you have to have a certain mm -hmm. level of celebrity now, this young man, he's in the fitness, um, the fitness market, very well built young man, and he's a handsome young man. And a lot of people don't like to admit that these are metrics that allow you to be a little bit more successful right. than the average person. So now for an individual such as myself, who is a poet, public speaker, you know, entrepreneur, things of that nature. OK, how am I going to build my brand? How am I going to build my following? What's my base? My spoken word. And if I stay true to that, mm -hmm. then when I do post my videos that, you know, all of my videos right now, I have 228 videos um, on my platform. And I would say probably less than 100 um, are poems because you, you, you find your niche, you find ways to weave in 
your personality to your videos. And sometimes it's literally me just doing reactions because of the size of my platform to other people. That's yeah. another thing. Another way you can monetize your brand. Um, I did a, um, a promo on Facebook to whereas I charged people for promotion of their brand or of their platform on my TikTok. And I yeah. literally just asked, um, put a hand up in the comment, the hand up emoji in the comments. If you would like your brand put in front of 60,000 people. Who wouldn't want their brand put in front of 60,000 people? Yeah. Right. So yeah. then I did certain levels of promotion. Um, uh, $25 for a 12-hour post, $50 for a 24-hour post, and then $100 for a permanent post, meaning it'll never leave my platform. And, you know, people can, you know, reach out to you. I'll put your contact information in the comments. And, you know, people will, you know, connect to your page and or connect to your platform and bring money to you that way as well. Man. Yeah. You'll, you'll get some of both um, right. and when it comes to that in terms of uh, the reaction. So you have some people like, oh, that's too much. $25 is too much to invest in your brand. If you ain't got $25 to invest in your brand, then you don't even need to be paying nobody for promotion. <laughs> that's the average person, you know, the, and the key word average. You see, so the average person is not going to invest into themselves. Absolutely. Right. Oh, oh, another thing, too. In, uh, in terms of building your following and monetizing your brand, you have to, you have to, you have to be a student of the game. Right. I was going to say that. that. That's all I hear from you. That's all yes. I hear from you is you. Metrics, you research. If you don't already, even on the Instagram platform, you have to know your analytics and they're free. Yeah, they're right. free. On the TikTok platform, you switch your account from a regular account to a pro account. And it literally tells you what time of day, what day of the week is best to post, mm -hmm. um, where your following is at. I have a 3% following in the UK and a 3% following in Canada. I haven't been to either place yet. Right. You get what I'm saying? But for some reason, people in those regions, they rock with my content. So then exactly. it's like, okay. Exactly. You learn different things to utilize in terms of metrics, algorithms, and those types of things. So now, now you got to read. This right here is one of the books that has allowed me to be able to understand not just TikTok, but social media as well. And you got to understand how social media works before you can navigate the platform to build um, what I call a moderate to a massive platform. And right now, I look at my platform as moderate, right? But right. then you also got to think about the individual who, like uh, Mecca Metamorphosis, um, I think right now, last time I looked at her page, I think when I posted her video, she had like 8,000 followers. I'm sure she has a little bit more now. But in terms of mindset, mm -hmm. to someone like that, that has 8,000 followers, and someone like me, that have 80,000 followers, and to post them on my page, that's a big deal. Right. A really big deal. And it shows your <laughs> audience that you're not above promoting other people. And I always take the mindset of this. If I put you on or I put you in a position to win, that takes absolutely nothing away from me. Right. Now, if I can monetize that, oh, it's up. Yeah. And that, that's the part where I feel like it's you separate poets that want to do this. I'll put it this way. My mentor, when I first started getting paid for speaking, right, he told me that there's a difference between a poet that does poetry and a poet that is in the business right. of poetry because the, the, the mindset is going to be way different. Yeah. The, the way in which you approach performances 
is going to be way different. The yeah. content that you post yeah. is going to be slightly different because now you are working the system so that you get engagement, but not only that you get engagement, mm -hmm. that you uh, that you start to get people interested in not just your content, but who you are as a person. Yeah, that speaks to our motto, you know, uh, uplifting the poetry community and building the poetry industry because you absolutely know, we'll we'll have uh the poets in, in in the community that don't agree with building the industry because like we said earlier your poetry is how you feel and is your way of releasing and so on and so forth right and but those are the folks that either do it for a hobby or or to get their um their feelings out and to inspire others but then you have the artists the poets that want to actually do this for a living but in order yep. in order for that to happen there has to be an industry absolutely absolutely right? and With and you don't have just because you're a poet and and for those of you that are going to be listening to this i want you to understand this you don't have to be a professional poet and that's fine we are providing people such as myself christoph Girardi, we are providing a platform and an avenue for you to understand that being a professional poet and living off of your poetry is possible. Exactly. And there are individuals who, oh man, I've had people tell me, you know, I, I think it's messed up that, you know, you get paid to do your poetry. You should right. do it just for the sake of doing it. I got a family, bro. Right. Uh, if I'm taking my time to travel yeah. to these places, I'm yeah. taking my time to be on these people's platform and to, you know, to stand in front of, you know, I think the biggest crowd I've stood in front of was probably 40,000 people yeah. to speak, to speak, you know, <laughs> yeah. speak my hey, piece yeah. and to, you know, <laughs> to, to put the greatness into the atmosphere. Right. Yeah. Yes. I deserve to be paid for that. Yeah. And I think sometimes sure. we, we undermine and undervalue ourselves so much so that we forget that there are people out there willing right. to pay yeah. you top dollar exactly for what you've worked so hard. I've been performing for over 15 plus years. So when someone tells me that they can't pay me, you need to explain to me why you can't pay me. Yeah. And it's, there's no emotion involved in that. This is business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've worked, I've competed. I, you know, I have national competitions that I've won to prove that, hey, listen, I'm worth listening to. Right, right. And, you know, understand sometimes people, value. right, under, understand that you have value. Your poetry has value. But before anybody else can value it, you have to value it there you go exactly that's good man that's 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 a wealth of information you know and good episode, you, just, man. <laughs> you just have to know your dna you have to know why you're doing it you know absolutely if, if you're doing it for the love do it for the love but don't belittle and disrespect the person that wants to do it for a living you know right. um there's a lane for it all right and so we're 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 building the lane for the poet that wants to create a career out of it absolutely right and because it's not just for the for the poet it's for the person that has the money to pay the poet they they want to know is there an industry yep right they want to know if this is valuable 
And here's the deal, too. When you build this industry right now, you give them examples of people to look to for them to understand that this is possible. Exactly. Whenever I go to, you know, uh, different platforms or seek to disrupt certain uh, markets or whatever the case may be. um, And they ask me, well, and, and, and here's the deal, too. They they will confront you. Do understand these big companies. They will. When I spoke for um, what was it? Uh, Urban League. When I spoke for the Urban League, they asked me how many other professional poets are there out there? And the fact that I could name off Prentice Powell, Roscoe Burns. Right. um, Who was the other person that I put out there? Uh, Prentice Powell, Roscoe Burns, uh, Rudy Francisco. Oh, yes. uh, 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 Anita, Anita D. I met her out Mm -hmm. here in um, in Hawaii. And, you know, I did not even know that she was ranked number two in the world. But when she got on that stage and she started speaking before she even said that, I was like, yeah. I'm sure she's on different platforms. And right. then I seen her on button doing numbers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, th- and there's so many other poems. Like uh one of my mentors, Joshua Bennett, uh Carvin's LaSant. Okay. You know, he's doing Broadway. Strivers Row. You know what I mean? Right, Strivers yeah. Row. So when hey, I tell Joshua, people what's up, man? What's up, man? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, you know, when it comes to those different, you know, types of people, these are the individuals that people want to see and know that, hey, listen. This is actually a thing. There are people out there, and I want you guys to understand this too. Yep. There are people out there that don't understand that this is an industry. Right. That that there's big money in booking these performers for their platforms. And you got to understand this too. And one of my mentors, Eric Thomas, uh, he said this um, when I met him. He said, if I do something for $5, $500, $5,000, or $50,000, it does not matter what I do it for. I'm going to do it because I want to do it. Mm -hmm. Same as with doing it for free. There's been multiple (laughs) gigs where I've done for free because I believed in the platform or I believed in the individual that was putting on the program. But understand this. There are people that will try to pimp you for your passion. Yeah, of course. Understand that. So when you set your price, when I say my price is my price, when I do it for free or I take less than what I would normally offer, it's because I want to, not because you're right. backing me in a corner to pretty much say that, oh, well, this is all we got to give you. Don't be afraid to say no. There's been companies where I've been like, nah, I'm not doing that. I can't. You're not going to pay me. You're not going to let me sell none of my books. You're not going to let me sell none of my T-shirts. I have to drive to you. I have to find my yeah. own lodging. You right. pimping me. Right. No, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Then yeah. then all of a sudden, because you got to understand the person that's connecting themselves to you, they may not always be the game changer. So I, I want to tell you guys about this specific story. And it has everything to do with TikTok. They saw that mm-hmm. uh, video that I posted that went viral on TikTok. Hey, we want to uh, we want to book you before you leave Virginia. I'm not going to say the name of the university uh, just for for sake of an NDA that I signed. Um, mm-hmm. But they said, you know, 500 was too much. I said, okay, can I sell my books? They're like, nah, we don't think that's a good look because, you know, none of the other, you know, uh, speakers are, you know, selling their books. I said, well, I looked at the other speakers. They haven't been doing what I'm doing. Okay, cool. Can I sell my T-shirts? They're like, nah, you know, we don't really. I said, well, then no, I'm not coming. That individual wasn't the ultimate decision maker. It was the department chair. The department chair said, hold, hold on, big dog. Nah, no, 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 no. I don't. That person, no, they're they're highly mistaken. We're not only going to give you that, but we're going to triple what it is that you said you asked for because, number one, we apologize because that person was very unprofessional. And two, they were just trying to 
and don't get me wrong, I understand as an organizer, you want to get, you don't want to spend, you know, maxes, massive amounts of money, but right. this all goes back into valuing yourself there and you understanding go. that when you're getting pimped for your passion, and yep. I've been doing this for so long, I know when a company is flexing for the sake of getting you. And yep. they'll be, they'll be apologetic. You know what? I'm really sorry. You know, we can't really pay you as much as, you know, we would like to pay you. We can pay you this. Okay, cool. Or we can't pay you at all. So on the front end, I'm like, eh. you know, yeah. I got a family. I got mouths to feed, yeah. you know? So, all right, can I do this? Yes, absolutely. Do you need a table? Do you need chairs? Um, you know, uh, can you send us some promo information so we can put it up on campus? They will go out of their way to ensure that you're getting something when they truly see the value in you. Yeah. However, okay. when they're just trying to pimp you for your passion, they're not going to try to help with none of that. They're just going to be like, you know, we can't pay you and, you know, you just can't do nothing else. And it's just like, understand that it's okay to say no. Yeah. And sometimes you get, when you get to that point where you're okay with saying no, that's when you know your value and your yeah, worth. Absolutely. absolutely. That's when you know, you know, yeah. you're okay with saying no to a thousand. Oh, I've said no to five thousand. No, that's yeah. power. You can say no. That's the real power. Yes, yeah. I've, I've said, and, and here's the. I think this is very important to say too. I've said no to five thousand, and I've said no to ten thousand, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because morals, value, and your word mean everything. Right. And when you have individuals trying to put you onto a platform that does not align with your views or does not align with your passion, you and this is my personal opinion. You must choose your morality and your 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 self worth far more than just that money would yeah, it have been nice to get that, that five thousand mm -hmm. yeah one thing you said it resonates you said um you mean walking your truth you gotta accept everything that comes with that absolutely whether it's good bad or indifferent you know what i'm saying so absolutely yeah, yeah. so that that ten thousand dollar gig they wanted me to change a certain aspect of my poem no absolutely not okay. you're not about to tweak my piece no okay. now have i shifted certain words in, sh in certain atmospheres to suit a specific crowd Oh, yeah, I've done that from time to time. It's called sure. being versatile. Right. But when the platform itself is saying, hey, listen, we looked at the piece because there's some places that are going to want to see, you know, your poem, you know, before you speak it, if they haven't heard it verbally, which is cool. You know what I mean? Uh, ensure that you protect your piece beforehand in terms of your intellectual property so that nobody can steal, you know, your work. But then also understand that, hey, listen, this one stanza right here. Nah, I don't think my audience really going to like that. So can you change? No. No. And there there were people that told me that I was stupid for not changing it for ten thousand dollars. But money is not going to make or break me because I truly do believe. And my grandmother taught me this, that your gift will make a room for you. Your gift will make more than enough room for you with where it is that you're going to go. That's good. That's good. Look, man, because we can go all night. You know, we this is what we do. We, this is what we love to talk about, man. And and we don't want to give them everything uh, because on June 26th, we're going into a deep dive on Zoom. And those of you listening, watching, you all can register on Eventbrite. Just go to our Eventbrite page, thepoetlife.eventbrite.com and register. You know, this gentleman, Anthony Highland, as you can hear, as you can see, you can hear his passion, right? You, you, and I'm sure you've, I don't know if you've seen his TikTok page, uh, his videos, but check this gentleman out. 
Um, but also jump into the Zoom with us. He's gonna he's gonna share his his back office of 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 TikTok and and uh, answer whatever questions that you might have and and just network with network with them. You know, meet him. Uh, not not just in the comments on on TikTok or or wherever else. You know, let's let's talk to him. You, you'll have your video on. We'll have our video on. We'll be able to network. It's called networking with the poet life. Again, that's June twenty sixth. Uh, look, Anthony, man, thank you so much on the shield. Uh, we got three alphas here. Um, and for those of you who don't know, that's Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. When did you cross, uh, Anthony? Uh, spring 2012, 8 Iota. Got you. Where is Voorhees? Where is that? Uh, Denmark, South Carolina. Got you. Okay. And, and J. Roddy, where'd you cross? Oh, sorry, you was on mute. Oh, man, 411, Eastern Shore. Got you. Yeah, and, I, and I'm Norfolk State. You know, Epsilon Pi follow three. Uh, this was uh, a wealth of information. Like I said, it was so um, uh, just 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 great to hear, you know, uh, to, to understand the, the metrics, the background, why you chose TikTok, um, what you're doing with TikTok and standing out and being extraordinary, right? Not just doing the norm. Uh, and, and also doing your homework. Absolutely. That's the biggest thing. That's that's what stands out from others because yep. most people, the average person is just going to be on there putting up videos and, and dancing and laughing and but not being strategic about it. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, that's that's uh, because I, I you know, I really believe that what's been the crutch for the poetry community or the poetry industry is because we feel not a lot of poets are doing it big or doing it well we believe that 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 we can't either but that's actually the superpower because right. you can be the only one in the room or the only one in the city yep performing spoken word and you be yep. that person to go to and here's the deal in building that following, right? I'm going to be honest with Mecca metamorphosis. I had no idea who she was. Yeah. But when, when you become synonymous with your brand, right? Right. People tag you in it. So there now I have 86,000 people that recognize, Hey, when I think of poetry and a spoken word and I think right. of TikTok, I think of, I speak 1906. Exactly. Why is that? Because I've built that. So now these smaller pages that, you know, poets who on other platforms may be a little bit bigger on this platform, they may not get the views or have the following that they would like. Oh, it takes they nothing from me to, to put yeah. them onto right onto, you know, my page or onto my platform to be like, yo, yeah, come on over. I got you. You know what yeah. I mean? Now, yeah. if we can sit down at the table, we can iron out some things in terms of, you know, uh, payment for that. Then, you know, hey, let's do that. But there are times where I myself feel a responsibility to my community that if somebody tagged me in something and it's stupid, nasty, like Mecha Metamorphosis, yo, I'll never forget that. Poem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm talking about like I had the ugly face on the whole poem. Like for those of you who don't know, that means it was great. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, not I'm too many about, people yeah. know our. Just like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's amazing. Is it's, what that it's, means. It's, it's when you twist your face up at something right. that's just so mean, just 
Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like it's like getting that first taste of, of that big macaroni and cheese. Yeah, you know what I'm saying at the cookout. Mm. Yeah, no, no, Mecca is she's out of this world, man. Oh, she's yeah, she's, she's yeah. acting and everything. Yeah. Who, who, who? Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. There's another thing too. It's one last thing that I want to give you guys. One nugget what you that got, I feel man? like we struggle with. Close us out with it. Don't be afraid to reach out to people. Listen. Okay. Okay. I want to make sure that I hammer that. When I yeah. became big on TikTok, and I'm I'm just now coming into accepting the fact that I'm quote unquote TikTok famous. Right. Because okay. now there are smaller pages that are literally teaching my poetry in their classes. There are right. teachers. There's I know one teacher in Detroit. He teaches my videos. He uses my videos as part of his uh, poetry That's curriculum. Yeah. Right. You know yeah. what I mean understand it's okay to reach out to people these bigger pages yeah. it's okay to reach out to them and say hey uh, if you didn't mind could you do at my video or could you comment on my video just for the sake of showing other people there are people that follow me that have over a million views and actually let me give you guys an example there's a gentleman um i think his name is like d underscore model he's a, um, a model and a um a uh a, um, a dancer he has over 1.2 million followers. He reached out to me this morning to be a part of a project. That's awesome. You know what I mean? These are the types of pages. These are the types of people that you got to tuck that pride to the side and say, you know what? I know where it is that I want to go. And I don't mind reaching out to people that have bigger platforms and or right. bigger pages than me to say, hey, would you mind putting me on your platform? And then we talked about that self-investment piece. Don't be afraid to throw some bread they way. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. That's how you grow. That's how you get your following. I have pages with over 300,000 followers, 500,000 followers, over 200,000 followers, over a million followers that have duetted my videos and put me on their platform. And I didn't even ask them to do it. Right. But when you're authentic in your platform, there are people who will relate your content to another creator that they like that have these massive amounts of, of followers and views. Boom. I ended up on two million follower pages within a month. Have gained 20,000 followers in a week. Look, man, we're not gonna give y'all everything. We're not Woo. gonna give y'all everything. Yeah, come back to the workshop, man. Oh come man, connect with us in the comments. But you know, we drop our episodes <laughs> on Mondays. This episode, <laughs> as you're watching it, it, it will drop on June 21st, which is a Monday. And then that same week, we do this for every episode. The same week, the guest then becomes a poet life professor. Mm -hmm. In that. And that you see the logo in the bottom left corner, uh, Poet Life University. We teach this. We teach this because, again, we're uplifting the poetry community, right. but we're also building the poetry industry. And we need you. We need the poet that feels like there's no industry, there's no lane for this. Yep. We're showing you that there is a lane. We're building the lane. We're 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 laying the platform, the 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 cement, everything, right? And and like we said, we're bringing people on that have the expertise, the experience, the 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 accolades and the achievements that you know mm -hmm. to where they've done the things that folks believe that yeah. can't be done, and the, we're we're picking their brain having them give us the abc one two three how did you do that if, if that person doesn't want to share and 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 be generous with the information they they can't come onto this platform because there's mm -hmm. nothing to talk mm -hmm. about we don't want to just praise you up 
and say good job. No, nope. that's not build, what this is for. Build others in the process. Exactly, right. because if in 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 order for it to be an industry, we need more than five people. Big facts, right? Like you know, so so we 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 need poets everywhere doing major things, and that's how you build the industry. So I'm not gonna belabor, man. This was um amazing thank you so much anthony uh we really appreciate you we are definitely going to connect and do some more work you are definitely a poet life professor now so uh we have a private facebook group listen you all need to connect with us go to thepoetlife.com reach out to us uh subscribe to our youtube page poet life tv we're everywhere we're doing a whole lot of things you know if there's some kids that want to start writing we have poet life academy uh between the ages of 13 just just say k through 12 right five through 17 i believe and uh, we're teaching them how to use poetry how to, uh, to to express themselves but also to say if they said when i grow up i want to be a poet we're building the 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 opportunity for that to happen absolutely right you know there, there won't be a lie to say yeah you can do that and we know that's not to be true it, it will be true Right. It will be true. They will be able to be a professional poet, you know, if we have anything to do with it. So right. thank you all yeah. so much. Uh, J-Rod, do you, do you have anything? Now I want to thank you again, good brother, for being on the show, sharing the wealth and knowledge you had, man. You helped me out a lot with just what I've been thinking about as far as we want to take my brand to the next level. I really appreciate the jewels you shared, bro, for real. And we can chat some more offline, man. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Anthony, you got anything to close this out, man? Uh, well, I just want to thank you, uh, you brothers, not only just for the opportunity for myself, um, but for the uh, opportunity that you guys are open up for other poets, um, because, you know, doing, you know, stuff like this, <clears throat> they don't sometimes they don't understand the value of what this actually yeah. does and the place that this actually puts them into. And, you know, I've, I've done a lot of uh, different platforms uh, across uh, my years of performing and being a professional, and I've never seen anything quite like this ever. You know, yeah. so the fact that you guys are spearheading this, I think much respect is due. Um, and, you know, I, I think that what you guys are doing, you're on a very noble mission. Um, I, I just want to encourage you guys, stay the course. Sure. Stay Thank the course. Um, because, you know, the, the path that you guys are creating, the opportunities that you guys are creating, not just for yourselves, but for poets worldwide, mm -hmm. I think is an amazing thing. And for those of you that are listening, I want you to continue to utilize your platform in a way that transcends lives and liberates minds. And uh, connect with me. I'm here. Awesome. 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 Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way. Find a way. Ain't got no time now. You in the way. I'm doing fine now, out of my business, find a way, find a way.